Hello and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast episode 202 for a lovely May evening. Yeah, it's a nice evening. There's a bit cloudy, but it's lovely. There's your weather update for this evening. Um, we have got a great show ahead of you this evening. And to make sure that this is going to be a great show, I have two fabulous co-hosts here with me this evening. Of course, the ever wonderful Rachel is here. Rachel, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Now I've got electricity. <laughs> we had a slight uh, a slight issue in the house where uh, everything tripped and we couldn't get any uh, electricity running through but all sorted now so that's good i'm back in the land of having electricity and i'm able to come and co-host today so that's awesome we're very glad i don't know why adam <laughs> was putting his laptop in the microwave or whatever it was he was doing but i could see there would be problems with that and joining us for a second week is the wonderful claire marie bailey claire welcome back how are you oh evening um i'm really good thank you and again um a real pleasure to join you both and i'm really excited for uh, this evening's show Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that you should introduce this evening's guest, seeing as you helped set all of this up. And by help, I mean <laughs> you did all the donkey work, yeah. for which I'm very grateful. <laughs> um, so why don't you introduce our fabulous guest for this evening? Okay. Um, well, this evening, all the way from Barcelona in Spain, um, we're being joined by Andreas Aguela Caro, who... Um, is many things. He's a photographer himself who specialises in uh, music and street photography. Um, he also is the founder and general editor of um, Instant Photographers, which is an online uh, magazine that promotes um, instant photography. And he's also one of the, the founders of um, the International Festival on Experimental Photography, which took place for the first time this year in January in Barcelona. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to be part of that festival and I thought it was an excellent, um, excellent event. So um, to join us tonight and talk about all things experimental photography, the festival and more um, is Andreas. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Andreas. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, guys. I'm very happy to be here. And thanks for having me. I'm, I have loads of things to tell you about the <laughs> photography then. I guess we have enough time for that. Uh, it's awesome. Well, yes, I'm sure we will. There is, as Claire has just listed off, there's so many things. Um, I think I think the place I personally would love to start, I, I realise that the name, the Experimental Photography Festival, in some ways feels like it's giving you quite a lot of information in one go. But the festival is so broad that um, let's start with talking about that. Why is there an experimental film photography festival or an experimental photography festival, not film photography, an experimental photography festival? And what is it? Well, the thing began with the uh, with idea of photographers that they felt that there was there was pointing a limit. There was a, in the current scenario of photography, there was like a limit set. It. Then we said, no, 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 the photography was invented without any limit. Everyone was doing anything in, in the back in the days. Pinhole cameras began being common when the people were experimenting on something else from through the chemical chemistry, chemistry and the physics of light. And now it now became like you cannot use experimental photography for fashion. Why not? Why <laughs> no one is doing portraits that doesn't take a risk sometimes? But there's loads of people doing that. And we just thought, okay, look, but there's nothing integrating all these 
experimental people from all over the world in one place. And we thought, okay, let's do that. It was a challenging work because, of course, we had to we had to go through to, to, to places where you cannot really see fine photographers, like festivals all around the world, Instagram, you know, social media became really important for us because there's many shy people trying to do something out of with, out of their little projects, like people trespassing films in uh, can beans or projecting uh, photography on, on little experimental uh, chemicals or special uh, recipients that anyone can do at home, but no one thought about it before. But mm-hmm. where do you see these projects? Where do, can you find them? Then research was a really pharaonic hard task. Mm-hmm. We had to go through loads of places to try to find these people. And the, the common point on these people was that they never thought there was a limit on photography. We, they, they went away of the traditional categories of what you can tell about photography because in these days everything has a, a name, everything has a concept or you want to classify everything with a single idea. And what we found that there was, there was just like, a, like a, a common passion of doing something else, of showing some different points of view of everywhere around the world. You could, you could, we, 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 we found people from everywhere. Like we had people from 60 countries mm. and 60. And it, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you cannot imagine the quantity of portfolios arrived to our email. Mm. We had crazy loads of people and we had to let people out of the festival because in some point was not like, it could, the idea of the, the director is called Pablo, Pablo Hiori. He told me once, it's like, we were not expecting so many people sending emails <laughs> because we thought it was going it was going to be more like a local idea like mm. you know Barcelona everyone thinks about Barcelona a very creative city where everyone wants to chill party dj stuff like that which is true but there's a lot of photography happening here like if you want to come here like so much uh, art it's, it's a lot of street art, a lot of fashion, a lot of music happening here. And the photography, it's documenting everything. And people, he's not afraid to experiment here with photography, for example, because they know it's always welcome in town. And then we expected just this kind of people. We expected just the locals. Um, and then everybody turned up. <laughs> 20, just 20% of the uh, attenders yeah. were local. Yeah. Just 20. All the yeah. 80% else were coming from abroad. That's one thing that actually struck me um, when I was there of how wide and far people had travelled to to take part. Um, you know, I met photographers from Texas, California, Guatemala. It was it was really um, really incredible how wide uh, and far people travelled. I'm I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked yeah, because it yeah. was it was just amazing. It was first day at the at the festival. I couldn't believe how many people were just so thrilled to do anything and they just they they took even if they were just participants even if they didn't have any workshop or conference to to give they they had in their backs their own work they just wanted to share with another crazy experimental photographers but they do in their little town somewhere in australia <laughs> I don't know. that was amazing 
just seek each other out and be like, look, this is the crazy thing I've been doing. What crazy <laughs> thing have you been doing? Let's just swap. Let's <laughs> swap ideas. Um, was this the first the first festival this year in January this year, 2020? Is that right? Yes, this was the first edition. Right. And so um, how how did you get to the point of actually launching and, and kind of like setting it up in January? I know Claire has extolled the virtues of, of how uh, fabulous it was and it's as an experience to go to uh, I mean, I'm sure you'll be able to tell us a bit more about that Claire um, yeah. <laughs> as it was actually kind of like being there but how did you get to the point of uh, putting the word out there for experimental photographers to actually find you or you, you obviously said you went and found a lot of people yourself um, but how did you kind of start to bring that all together? Well I have to give the credit to the directors of the festival it's uh, Paolo Chiori he's Argentinian and Laura Ligari she's from Italy they had their own common projects in photography happening together. They mm-hmm. they had a couple of projects about double exposure photography or experimental photography on their style. Uh, but uh, they they I have to to say I like they will listen to this and they will now know now know what I think about them. But they are just <laughs> kind of um, spicy souls. They just always have to do something. They are always like, I need to do something else. You know, there's nothing like black and white. There's like extra super colors coming up in the sky. And that's amazing (laughs) because I I can sit beside them and I always have like so many amazing ideas coming up, making a, um, sitting, sitting beside them and do a a small chat always brings so so many ideas about photography and about ideas about projects. And they had this together by themselves. They began 2019 thinking about what are we going to do with what we have already we are mm-hmm. doing something that is is bringing people into our projects into our photographic projects they were doing some film swap the double exposure and it was like what else what else you know there's something else happening and they just did a little research and they they thought okay well just let's try to bring something like an experimental festival in that time that was a uh, spring 19 uh, yeah, 2019. Um, Pablo approached me. I was um, I was giving I was um, I was um, in the opening of my last ex- exhibit with the uh, instant photographers, mm-hmm. um, which actually Claire took place. She was there. She was one of the photographers, uh, <laughs> and it was a Polaroid festival, which happens every April in in and, and we, we 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 were talking and he said look i'm doing this this is an experimental f- uh, festival of photography any kind of photography not just analogic not just digital everything would you be would you like to be part of it it's like i, I mean I, I, this is what i do this is this sounds <laughs> extremely extremely good but i was a bit skeptic of course it's like ah, that sounds like you just want to build up anything from from nothing and but let's do it um, <laughs> but we did do a lot of things and it was just a great thing, especially them. They were setting up the whole uh, structure of a festival without any experience. We had to learn and we had to work very hard. And I, we have a great, great team. We have uh, we are now uh, 12 people working in different departments and we had a big uh, team of volunteers. And um, we got a big support of the Catalan entities because, of oh. course, they let us use their buildings. They have special buildings just dedicated for photography and arts. Um, the main part of the festival was happening in the Institute de Estudis Catalans de Fotografia, which is the University of 
photography, the public University of Photography of Barcelona, which uh, it's it's a it's a very classic place to study, and we never thought like we could just set up a festival. But the director was the one of the one of the persons that gave us the 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 highest support. He, we could he he was like a father for us. He was guiding us through the whole thing. It was like, don't panic. Let's set up the <laughs> exhibitions. Let's call the people. Let's bring everyone in. And I love that. Had... that. That's what you need. Somebody like who just says, look, don't panic. We got this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody super chilled. <laughs> well, we're a very young team. We're a very young team with a, a bit of experience. We, mm -hmm. we, I have a lot of experience setting up exhibitions because this is what I do mostly. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, but, you know, a festival, it gives the, just the word festival gives you a lot of respect. It's a different ball game, I imagine, mm. entirely. And uh, Claire, obviously, did you meet Andreas through through a festival? Then, sorry, is that yeah. how that happened? Okay. Um, I I I, um, I think I first was it through instant photographers that we first came into contact, and then I was. Um, we met in Paris, I think. Yes, we met in Paris first. That's right. We met in Instant Art in Paris. That's it. In the November, where we were both in the um, in an exhibition, um, and then again, and then Andreas did a, a female photographer uh, curated a female only um, exhibition. Shadow is a color, um, mm. and I was invited to be part of that, and that was in Barcelona in April, April two thousand and nineteen. Mm. Um, and that was my first time in Barcelona, so that was a that was a real privilege to be part of that. Um, yeah. So, um, and then of course I'm I'm familiar with um, Andreas's uh, Instant Photographers uh, magazine because obviously I I love instant photography. Um, yeah. But um, and then I was um, a part of the exhibition in January, a part of the festival. Sorry, in in January. Um, I did a. I was one of three that did a talk on multiple exposures. So I was very lucky, actually. I I shared the platform with um, Kate Hook, who does mm -hmm. beautiful work. You know, uh, she's based in Brighton, um, and we've had also her on the show, haven't we? You, in the past, Graham, we've talked to Kate. Yeah, Kate's had, been on here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's and, so cool to see all these like connections yeah. happening. Yeah, and, and you was actually throwing a workshop as well of her work in the festival. I went to her workshop. Yeah, um, oh, she she did a, a really interesting workshop on um, disposable cameras. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a big fan, I really like Kate's work. Um, mm -hmm. And she was, you know, she's been doing um, experimental photography from about the age of 14, she was telling us. So we had this great workshop, um, sort of adapting uh, disposable cameras and then going out uh, as a group and, sh and, and shooting. But um, for me, I, I thought... Um, Considering it was the the first event, I thought it was exceptionally well organised and um, really well put together, and it was really bringing people, as we've already said, from as far you know every corner of the world um, to Barcelona for a work, for a weekend um, to, to to really share their like you say their enthusiasm really and their their interest in experimental photography. Either they are practicing experimental photography or they had an interest, and so it was it was a non-stop weekend of um, talks and workshops, um, and there was a couple of exhibitions, and, and I thought it was great and. And of course, um, in the backdrop of, of Barcelona, which is a beautiful city, and, and the buildings, as Andrea said, um, they just suited the. They lend suited, themselves so they, well, they lend, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and you know, actually, yeah. 
yeah it couldn't have been even better could it like it lends itself I imagine so so beautifully to that and the fact that you're in a place like Barcelona that after three jam-packed days you know if you need a break from it (laughs) you've you've already you know you're already somewhere awesome like that so that's so cool and um and so Claire you um you've obviously took part this this year can you like tell us a little bit about like how it how it felt you know from from your perspective being there uh for the first time as part of the first ex- uh, first uh, festival like what kind of things were were going on what kind of things were happening you mentioned kate hook obviously and went to one of her workshops what else sort of um, there was part? kate hook there was um i went to i mean there was labs there there was how many lab spaces um did you have andreas there uh, how much there was a whole dark room space. Yes, um, there was one, two, three dark rooms and three three places for workshops. That's so cool. Yeah, it's all sort of spread like, over different areas. Yeah. yeah, it was spread over different mm-hmm. areas, and and there was a really diverse range of talks. So, for instance, I went to I went to the one on instant film, um, mm-hmm. and so we had um, Stefan Mertz talking. So he he's um, He's, he, he does beautiful work and, and he's also a curator and he's someone that also um, has made his own cameras uh, to, to get the results that he, he he's looking for, Ina Ectorina. And there was um, a, a lady from Texas uh, called Rosalie who I was really, really quite um, intrigued with her work and um, she, works oh, yeah. with, she works with Polaroid and I just felt like, you know, I was learning things from all these talks and she was doing things like injecting her her images with uh, different chemicals and all sorts of different techniques. So it was it was it was a weekend of being really stimulated and being quite nourished, really, I felt like. Um, And just in the breaks as well, a lot of um, talking and and sharing. So it, it felt like a very a real sense of community as well, I felt um so it was it was really successful I thought really great weekend to be part of so um you've talked a bit about oh Claire's talked a bit about some of the people that were there uh, and obviously a lot of it was around um double exposure stuff and instant photography can you give us a, a an idea about some of the stuff some of the work that other people were doing there was it all analog photography based were there people there doing stuff digitally experimentally what kind of things were going on well, we had, um, I mean, everything you can imagine about photography, we had it there. Mm. We had, <laughs> it was just crazy. I cannot really summarize that because there was anything from zero, from zero light, from pinhole to big format cameras, from any kind of digital, uh, experimental 3D edition, everything was there. I was just... Um, fascinated of everything you can do and all the knowledge that these people has through the, what they do in the in, in you know this these people is do that's their job and what they do for for their living it's amazing I was just like is this real is, is, the, is the, they have the job of my life I want to be like them I want to just go to the <laughs> I want to go to their house next year and just spend a season with them they can just do <laughs> workshops the whole time there because they have a that's the dream, isn't it? That's the dream. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just go through go through the little things they did in the in the festival, and you you see what is the background of them. 
Like uh, I have uh, in our team, we some of our team members are part. Uh, they did as well. Part uh, they they had part of. They did workshops. They were leading workshops or uh, or some labs. And you tell that like one of them is doing 3D edition photography. The other one is doing uh, uh, pinhole photography, or they do. Um, they create apparatus through photography, or they they try to make social 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 changes in their countries with experimental photography. They mm. bring cameras to little towns where the people can learn about photography, and they invent these easy techniques where people can build their own cameras at ho at home in farthest uh, towns in the mountains, for example, or. Uh, <clears throat> Then a lot of alternative photographic processes and camera cameraless. Then people that has an experience of 20, 25 years of doing this, and now they're they were they were they were happy to share their knowledge. Or a lot of collectors that they 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 have the biggest collections of pho photography books, and they just brought stuff that they could we could read or we could learn about. Um, people were doing filmmaking and video artists and, and they printed that into photography and especially I was fascinated about the new technologies used on photography because this mm. is something I'm not very close to like the but hybrid I, way of working experimentally yes. yeah yeah that's very because cool. I'm, I'm yeah exactly I'm very close to analogic Mm -hmm. uh, the analog photography is, the, is what I do the most, but once I was just looking at their amazing job, it's like, wow, maybe you should just sit down on my computer more often. <laughs> well, Claire was talking to us last week about um, the sort of the photo shoots over Skype, weren't you? And yes. um, being a model uh, for, a 12, for one 12 of those. Project. For the, yeah. yeah, 12, 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It just sounds awesome, and and again, that's that's using a hybrid, you know, kind of like way of working, isn't it? Because it wouldn't be possible to do that. It would be a, a straightforward photo shoot without the technology Definitely. in the middle. <laughs> so you know, that's you know, straight away we, we adapt, don't we, as humans, as creatives, and and what have you. And it's like, okay, well, if this isn't working in this way, it'll still find a way to to be be you know in whatever way that needs to be so uh that was really cool hearing about that last week um and uh i was just looking at obviously looking at the uh website um which is experimentalphotofestival.com um and I, I saw as well that i i don't know whether you did this last year as well um with that being oh, well it was the first one in january wasn't it and i know that you had sort of plans for um the rest of uh 2020 like seeing like the london weekend with e5 pro e5 process i realize obviously of course that's been postponed um at the moment yes. but but there's the uh argentina to uruguay road trip there's all sorts of other things you know that have clearly sprung up from this as well um like you were saying more ideas more more things to be doing so even though this this time uh, you know this summer um ones have been have been postponed it looks like there's a whole load of other things as part of like a program ongoing that you want it to become if it's even though it's maybe not at the moment is that right yes uh well we actually I'm a bit sad that we had to postpone the, the date in London because I was going to throw mm. a workshop myself. <laughs> then I was just very happy to do that. But yeah, it was going to happen in the E5 process dark room yeah. in the East London. But uh, we postponed that, yes. And we know because uh, a lot of people from the UK were attending to, our, um, to the festival. We had mm. like uh, 
to have like 20% of the of the people that the came from abroad, they were coming from the UK. And that was like, mm-hmm. in total, I can tell you, 29 people came from the UK. That was like a lot of, it was the second highest uh, country that brought the yeah. uh, people <laughs> to the festival. And we were very happy. Then we thought with the guys from E5, it's yeah. like, we should do something there. Yeah. And, and especially because as well, the director of the festival, Pablo, he is from Argentina. He had loads of contacts in Argentina. Then mm-hmm. he said, okay, let's, after after London, we should just go and do a road trip. The idea, we're still not talking about postponing or canceling. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's still there. But it's to go to Argentina and Uruguay and go from little towns to little towns and just do do what we did in a, in a, mm. the weekend in Barcelona. Just throw workshops, have a little conferences, teach the people what they can do with the easy photography other other places, and bring it, bring the idea of what we're doing in Barcelona to the rest of the world. The concept of a festival is experimental, it's international. We don't mm. want it like necessary to call it a festival in Barcelona. We can bring this everywhere. Um, we we will be more than happy. This is a crazy idea. We always talk. It's like, we can throw a festival every six months everywhere else. Like, yeah, that would be great. And then that's <laughs> what we're working for. We are just very ambitious. And why not? Every yeah, three why months, not? a festival that's... in each different city. If other rock festivals can do it, why not a photo festival can do it? That sounds fantastic. Sorry, Graham. It sounded like you were going to say something. No, no. I mean, I suppose um, why... Why is it so important for for you, for for everybody who, especially the people who are organising it, why is experimental photography important to you? Why is it something that you think, you you, because obviously, as you said, there are lots of people out there doing bits and pieces. Why is it important to bring this together and to put it in front of more people? I I, I am very happy that you make that question because this is always the main of the aim of of our job. We want to inject this the happiness of art what we're doing. It makes you feel it makes you feel you're doing something. It has transcendence. It has some identity of what we do. And we like to inspire other people. We like to inspire the people to keep creating, to to bring more ideas into art. That photography is just a visual thing. But why not the rest of the other experimental areas of art? Let's say that we just talk about f- uh, film, experimental film, like movies or experimental architecture. Why not? The, the, the art is a, it's a name these days in, the, in, in our lives. And I am a, this kind of passionate person that says that art will bring better people. This world right now needs better environment, better humor, better ideas. And going through art is a therapy sometimes. And we are just creating a better... A better place for everyone and we like that when we integrate people like around creating around experimenting and going to their to what well, i call it limit but i don't think there's a limit where they can do whatever i'm always trying to inspire people to telling them it's like you want to begin into instant photography like what i do it's like just don't put any limit on your mind you can do whatever just try to burn the chemicals push the camera hack the camera uh, burn the film just mm do crazy stuff, learn from the others, and you will feel better because this is something that you don't, that you cannot imagine how happy will make you. It makes me very happy. Wake up in the mornings and think about the next picture I'm going to shoot. But in everyone in their areas can do the same. You can just wake up every day and think like, 
if there's no limit in what I do and what I would like to do as an artist, well, there's no limit on, in the happiness I can create in this world. I believe in, in the connection between uh, better into better people's behavior and art. I do create, I, I do believe in that very much. Do you think that, I mean, these days people get to see a lot of photography through things like Instagram and Flickr. You know, we have access to people's pictures in a way that we never did before. And also there are more people taking photographs now than there ever were before. Um, do you think that, that despite all this volume, people are um, percentage-wise perhaps being less exposed to experimental stuff than ever before? Because I get the feeling that... Um, people see a lot of straight photography and so that when they do come across um, more experimental stuff, more unusual stuff, it can feel um, very jarring and it can be difficult to take it seriously. I think that's a, a common problem with experimental photography is mm. that people look at it and go, well, that's just mucking around, isn't it? That's not mm. that's not real photography. Um, do you think that by having the festival and trying to... Uh, broaden the the um, exposure that people have to it, it will make it easier for people to accept it as part of their photographic diet. Well, I I have lots of things about to, say, to say about that because I, to go back into my history, I, I'm, I like this, I, I'm this kind of person that when you go to the dentist and you check this easy magazines that the dentists have and they're full of you know these super photographers shooting for these super magazines i am very curious to see what they're doing this is really easy photography for me these days because it's a whole setup and then that's what you you see normally on social media this is what the bloggers began doing and all these people that try to sell a brand through through instagram and of course they're take, making an effort they have super light super equipment super models but if you stop in each of that photography, there's no, there's someone that had a mind to create something. Experimental photography for me is something that you had a mind, but you had a risk as well. And in this point, I think when I like to inspire people is when you see these things that are not a regular picture on the internet, that's where someone has had a second, more than one second. To, to, to decide whether or not going further. And I think that's the point where we say, okay, look, experimental photography, it can be the regular photography, the, 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 the photography that you see in any magazine, but you just have to inject a bit more of your personality and instead of what the business is telling you to do. But people will say, okay, maybe in the future, the business will say you have to be experimental. But... And people will complain, would say it's like something commercial and now you're becoming like Andy Warhol when he began doing pop art and then later on he was a millionaire. Yes, but that's art at the end. We're talking about the sensibility of creation and I am the kind of photographer when I'm shooting, I'm not thinking about the result at all. And I am just thinking about myself. And when I'm doing my, when I'm talking about photography, I'm always telling the people, just, just follow your passion, you know the technique, you know where you can take the risk and try if you want to upload your photography on Instagram that your photo doesn't go unnoticed because people will definitely stop there and comment and like it. And you're changing the point of view of people. Let's say, but I'm, 
I have to say, my Instagram is just full of experimental photography. It comes up my if I check more than thirty minutes my 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 Instagram, I have a encyclopedia of, uh, of photography because there's amazing people doing so crazy stuff around the world. I was like so fascinated, and at some point I just like tempted to copy. He's like, I just want to to copy so many photographers because they're doing such great <laughs> stuff. But that's that's a good part. You're they're inspiring people, and I call it I, inspiration. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe you could give us some um, pointers, Andreas, for for people who've perhaps, as Graham very um, clearly um, talked about before, that idea of getting past oh, what is experimental photography and and how do I see it as part of my photographic diet? Are there any pointers for um, if like um, an introductory route into experimental photography for people who have so far perhaps stuck more with the traditional route? Well, or Claire, I'm, perhaps if you've got yeah, any thoughts on I that as well. Claire can help me because she has as well a lot of experience. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking a routine. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I remember, I'm just thinking if I go back about 13, 13 years, um, I think I've said before, um, I began with a 35 mil uh, a film camera in, when I was a teenager and then kind of dipped in and out then I came back into it about 13 years ago with a digital camera and it felt a bit cold to me but I appreciate I, I, I didn't have the the skills but I think for me it was just um, maybe it was just part of my personal taste but um, I realized that if I was seeing images that fitted more in the experimental um, field so maybe double exposures light leaks um that it just spoke to me so a bit like you know how if you listen to a song you don't have to say anything you just know if a song moves you as soon as it the, mm-hmm. comes out the speakers and it hits your kind of emotional register you just think oh I really love this song that's what those images were, were doing to me so I think I've just naturally um gravitated to uh, 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 experimental photography and I remember once um being on a on a day day a day um day workshop if you like mm-hmm. and I remember that the teacher held up um two two images and I think the whole thing was this is an example of a good image you know everything's in focus and uh, um and and this is and the second image was supposed to be an example of maybe it's out of focus or you've just chosen the wrong mm-hmm. um speed <laughs> and I was always liking the ones that were supposed to be an example of a bad, <laughs> a bad photo, but it's not yeah. that but um a, a routine I, I I don't know really I mean I, I would maybe google things like multiple exposures maybe google things like film soup um and and see see what comes up but I think um I think with your practice as well for me it's about knowing enough of the technical side because I've always think I'm technically quite weak but knowing enough of the technical side um to be able to you know um correctly uh, expose an image but knowing enough to be able to sort of think well actually I'm going to you know, it's that thing about knowing the rules to break the rules as well, mm-hmm. and 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 see and see what you get. Um, and I know it's an overused term, but those happy accidents as well. Mm-hmm. They they you can think, oh, actually, I quite like that effect. You know, mm-hmm. if you happen to open the back of your camera, for instance, and you forget, oh, oh heck, I've still got film in there. Um, you you might actually quite like like what you get. So mm-hmm. maybe then it's about refining and controlling these the these tech these techniques. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe it's maybe a good maybe a good routine would be um, to to look at the program of um, mm-hmm. who 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 delivered the workshops um, 
uh, in January um, yeah. at the festival who gave talks because um, I knew you had Guy Patterson was there from London um, and yes, um, and I was really excited to see him there because I actually went on a went on a course of his um, in London in Central St Martins and um, he does all sorts of um, alternative photographic processes um, which I couldn't even begin to to think about. Um, he he has a he has a website, Guy Patterson. Maybe if someone's if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, where would I start? Maybe look at his mm-hmm. website, um, see the sort of um, work that he's producing, um, and then if you want to go that step further, um, you could always go on one of his workshops or come to the sign up for um, Expo Twenty One um, for next January he in will Barcelona. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we had very good times with um, with Gil Patterson and um, Douglas Nicholson because they are the two brains behind the E5 process darkroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, I mean, they are, they are such an expert. They have such a brilliant work and they are so always so happy to share their work and we couldn't have better people like them helping us be with the with the with the whole idea they they were very linked to how we should do the workshops and they were helping a lot they are amazing souls actually mm. we, we like we, we like a, a lot to work with them you said that when you um started doing this you got more people um applying to be part of it and wanted to take part than you could ever possibly have imagined um <laughs> uh experimental photography is much like modern art in that, one, it gets a lot of stick from people who go, well, my kid could do that. My five-year-old kid could do that. How, even as people who are engaged in the community and in, and, and have a passion for it, there must be times when you get submissions and stuff turn up and you look at it and go, I don't know whether this is genius or crap. <laughs> because because uh, well, what's the dividing line sometimes? <laughs> I have to remember about that when I was uh, looking at the conference of uh, Marc Lenot. Marc Lenot is considered one of the greatest specialists in the history of experimental photography. Mm. And he was there during this conference and actually had a very good lunch with him just talking about what his his topic, about the, the, the idea of what we end up doing this. And of course, it's just a whole process. We were transforming something that was given to us. It was just the the the, the theory of photography. We work with what we were taught to do, and few people were doing things, experimental things, back in the days. But they were not famous. Why? Because getting out of the of the routinary history of photography was a bit different you know and when when you were different back in the days well maybe these days as well but you were like kind of outsider and you were not accepted in the in the regular media you were not um, you would not be able to present your work in a, in a gallery or you maybe were um, going to be uh, excluded for so many opportunities because you as well need to I mean pay the rent you if you're working as a photographer sometimes you need to sell a picture to to get something and but we were giving we were we were working with that and his speech says like okay we did something through with photography through time through the days and we were just doing few experiments and trying to get into another classification or another type of photography in some point that at the end just was pure experimental 
And the whole story of photography, according to Marlene, is just that. It's a part of, we were trying to find ourselves through another history that we wanted to write. Other photographers wanted to do something else out of the scheme of the regular procedures of chemi chemistry and physics of light. And, you know, there's anything possible. Not everyone could afford to have a, a, a a super expensive camera, then why not building it at home? Not everyone could afford to have the chemicals to to have the process in the dark room. Well, let's do it in different ways. Just play with the random things that you have in your kitchen because kitchen is a very big tool for experimental photography. <laughs> and, you know, you just go through that. I remember that Mark Leno was like uh, inspiring a lot of passion through the process of, through the whole history. Like you do a lot of him, he does a lot of research and he try, he shows like names where the people can just follow up um, through biographies and books of people that never were famous, but now they it's people that you can read when you go to university and study photography, just because it took a bit of time. Hmm. And he, he, I remember that he told me that the one of the places where he was uh, finding more um, material for his uh, research was uh, always in uh, the festival in Arles, in France, in the south mm. of France, because there's people, the people in Arles is different. It's, there's people that goes out, out, a bit out of the market, uh, out of the commercial photography, and they just go there to to show the the life. You know, it's like back in the 40s, 50s, when Picasso, Dali, and other crazy people were in the south of France talking about the paintings, but now the people go there and talk about photography. It's like a meeting point, and it's like this is what we do for a living. But and there's well, I would just wanted to mention that Mark Lenot has a lot of knowledge about the history of photography, and then there's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, as you said, it's it's not it's not a new thing. This has always been there, and it's always been on the periphery. I think photographers as a whole, as with everything, there is a spectrum, a huge spectrum between people who are far on one end who are very methodically taking pictures that they can repeat the process over and over again and get they know what they're going to get and they know how they're going to do it and and it's a very sort of mechanical process very precise mechanical process and then you've got people right on the other spectrum who are quite literally throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks um and most people are going to sit somewhere in between that either more to one end or more to the other um i think it's it can be harder for people um i i think a part of the reason that initially a lot of people when they're getting into photography especially if they're not super confident are going to lean away from more experimental photography is because it's very hard to um, evaluate your work when you're working in that sphere because um, if you're if you're shooting landscapes you can look at the work of you know the great masters you can look at contemporaries producing amazing landscape work and go okay how has my work measured up to that what you know how how have i done with the lighting how have i done with this is this a good landscape yes no and it's quite binary i mean you can obviously yeah. appreciate different things but the more you slew towards away from um very representative photography into more esoteric stuff you there's nothing to benchmark against and I think that, that that's it's difficult. I think for I think for myself included, it's, it's very difficult because you can do something and just go, well, I don't I don't know if that's any good or not because there is. How do you teach experimental? 
photography do you know what I mean? how, how do you teach somebody to be experimental is it just that you feel like you know they are it, it you know within themselves an experimental type of person or is it something that you can learn over time and yeah, yeah. it's an interesting yeah, yeah it is. Mm. I have something to say about it because well, mm. I forgot to say it before but when I was uh, I began as a you know, music uh, photographer for musicians and I was taking my portal camera and my lomography camera mm. And sometimes the Lomo pictures were so beautiful. I found them like, oh, these pictures are so cute. And I thought maybe I can do, I can, I can shoot the same picture while worst in Polaroid. And it was like, I was just challenging myself. I, I was like, I want to do worst pictures now with the Polaroid cameras. <laughs> we just began breaking them, burning them, just taking the same shoot, the same shot as I was taking with the Lomo, Lomo camera. And I was just comparing at the beginning. It was like, because Lomography was instantaneously experimental. It was mm. given to me. The film, the camera, everything was, it was producing for me. I didn't have to think much. But instead with the Polaroid cameras, I had to hack the camera. I had to hack the film. I had to begin playing with the, with the results of how I developed the process and how to stop the time. And that's, that was something like I wanted to do to just challenging myself into get another result of the same picture. I had the same the same picture. It was digital, then Lomo, and then later on uh, photo on Polaroid. Mm. And I just was comparing and, and following the same pattern. I was like, okay, this is what I wanted, but let's do it different. Yeah, mm. I suppose you know, in in a way, maybe maybe those are the those sort of like introductory tools, aren't they, to experimental photography that you know are ones that people could easily pick up or perhaps already have in the cupboard. You know, more of the like the Lomo, you know, the plastic toy cameras or the Polaroid type. You know, because they inherently have an element of unpredictability about them, <laughs> and yeah. perhaps that's the starting point for for getting more into that if if you kind of using those a little bit more often within your workflow and and finding out what you like about that work as you're creating it and then kind of going further down one route or the other with it perhaps that's the way to do it to know yeah you know i mean ultimately i think i mean i, th I think there's a lot of people a lot of people who love photography for whom Experimental photography and you know, Polaroids and Lomography and all that stuff just fundamentally, fundamentally isn't for them, and that's mm -hmm. absolutely fine. And yeah, and but I think what having greater exposure through things like the Experimental um, Photography Festival and the Instagram feeds and on all of that stuff and putting more of that stuff out there is that. Even though experimental photography might completely be anathema to them, we know people who, for whom it is just the worst thing. But I think as you kind of you're exposed to more of it, you can start to see perhaps how elements can be introduced into an ordinary workflow. And I guess that's that that's the important job of this fringe photography is to be pushing at the boundaries so that gradually the centre, the nice core of you know, good sensible photography for want of a better phrase gradually that expands slightly at a time into these outer edges and takes on more and more and if you haven't got people doing bonkers stuff and showing how it can be done and showing what can be done then that core actually starts to shrink inwards and we, and we see it feels sometimes like that's what's happened with digital as it's become 
so precise and I mean and I know again I know there's people doing amazing work with digital and but again the, just the, the the core just feels like it's kind of shrunk inwards a bit rather than expanding outwards and I think that's that's why experimental stuff and the people doing mad stuff is so important because it's just it keeps that sphere ever expanding um you we talked at the beginning about the fact that as well as all of this stuff organizing all of these workshops and the festival <laughs> and everything else you also um organize and run the instant photographer magazine um so uh, again tell us a bit about that why you started that um and, and what goes on with it well as i mentioned before i was uh, shooting photo uh, musicians and I, in the backstage or at concerts i was always shooting my polaroids just for fun just my <laughs> Because I, I was given this camera and I was just thinking, why not? I didn't really have the passion for Polar at that time, but I was just trying, so just playing with the camera. Uh, in, cer- in certain points, I decided to publish a few of my pictures and they turned out to be a, very, a bit of, uh, like I called uh, the attention of some people and I was just very happy. Then I continued on that. But it was a very humble project. I... I began with little things like um, this is the famous web page called the Polanoid, which is like one of the the oldest uh, um, online mag- uh, online magazines about uh, instant photography. And I had a little account there then where I met some people that, uh, that were doing great job in Polaroid for years. And I the thing began just I just had the feeling that I had to begin doing something else. Then I, I was shooting more and more, and in some point I got certain, uh, certain I got some help from the from the um, cultural office of the um, Council of Barcelona, and they because I was shooting some scenarios of places of Barcelona that actually are not existing anymore, they disappeared, and they they liked my portfolio of old pictures in Polaroid, and I began with the project. And I thought maybe I should do something out of it, but. Instantly, my idea was, I'm not feeling like talking all the time about what I do as a photographer. I like to show more what other people is doing. Then I began just um, searching. I was uh, I was smelling the inter- the internet around and trying to find who else is doing something like I like uh, like I do, and that was a great thing because it turned out to change my whole scenario. And I thought, okay, let's make this thing on instant photographers. I'm going to bring everyone there and I'm going to ma- write about them. I'm going to show their portfolios and I'm going to make them feel like there is a community beyond the Polaroid photography because people were trying to always get linked to the brand. People were always trying to get closer to Polaroid and later to Impossible then later to Polaroid Originals. And people always feel, felt like they had to be closer to the brand. But I thought, okay, let's try to bring them somewhere. Um, and my page is actually like... I feel it's the house of many people because I see how uh, we have people working in the media with us and even myself, I check the or social media and I I get super happy. I get like 100 emails a day of people like, look what I'm shooting, look what I'm doing, look the uh, lift emulsion I processed today or look at the, the, the digital prints I'm creating today with the collages and people are so excited just to share and talk to someone. And I'm always bringing feedback because the the thing I like the most is to to see what everyone is uh, is is trying to do beyond it. My place, actually, I call it is like my second house. Is the, this online magazine 
where we promote photographers, we throw exhibitions. And of course, I'd like to just find this, uh, this passion that other people have. That's one of the things that connected me, for example, with Claire, because we had great chats talking about what the way she works and the way I work. And I like to, I like to, I like to have a, a lot of information from the photographers in order to talk about them when I am during the, the private the private visits to the exhibitions because I like to tell people it's like I know the photographer and she told me that the photo was done in that and that and this situation and when the curator of an exhibition has the power to have all this information and to share that passion from the photographer I think it's priceless mm. uh, well the story isn't it it's the story behind the person creating it and it's all a lot of the time I imagine it's it is about the process as much as it is about the final product yeah, 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 completely. I mean, each photo, I'm, I'm always, I, I think I'm a bit cruel on that, but I'm always just asking for one picture for exhibition, one picture for photographer. Then every Ooh, photographer is sending one picture. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know. But it's something that we do since the beginning of uh, Insta Photographers. And we, of course, it's a challenge. And they yeah. get crazy, and I get I get sometimes uh, such an angry emails like, "Why only one, Andres? Please, why? How can one? I possibly show my work in one yeah. image? Ah, <laughs> I have to take this picture for my whole series. It's like, yes, I know, but I'm sorry, but that's the that's how we do it. Um, but it's fun. It's it's interesting to find the the to challenge the photographers as as well. Some of them are very confident to show a. Uh, to print books of a lot of photos, but to take one picture of their whole work is um, is a cruel thing to do, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I promote. I, I I always tell the people that works doing this, like they like to create exhibitions, like tempted the, the photographers to do something that they don't like. That's sometimes some good results for your exhibition because they they get so angry, they get so frustrated, and it's like, okay, I send you the picture, but I'm not sure that this is the good option. Mm. But once they send the picture, sometimes they just call me like, you know what? I think you have the best the best picture I could I could have at my place, and please send it back to me, or whatever. <laughs> kill you. <laughs> so Claire, no, have you? Sorry, have you been, have you been through this then, Claire? Is this an experience that you yeah, had? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I think we because we had one in the um, in the in the female um, shadow is a color exhibition. Um, but I was I was just thinking then when you're talking about the the world of instant instant photography, um, that is actually wider. Maybe if if people aren't in that world that's probably wider than people think as well you know people doing some people working with pack film some people integral film and of course some people working with um eight by ten um large large format film um but i think um andre's point there about getting getting sometimes photographers to do things they don't like is sometimes you can get um the best work out of people because we've you know like all of us we've got our comfort zones and and what we're really happy in and I always say mine is bright sun um outdoors bright sun that's my comfort zone but just being part of the um it's what 12... happens when we stick Claire into isolation yeah this is what happens <laughs> trap in the house <laughs> can't go out can't, yeah. can't travel um but you know the twelve twelve project as well, which is the the twelve the instant photographers. Um, everyone um, picks a theme, and then e e each photographer has to shoot to the theme. So the theme could be, um, I don't know, indoors, and so everyone has to create a, create a, an image um, for a certain for a deadline. 
um, to a theme, which really is pushing, again, um, people out of their comfort zones because you're working to, it might be Rachel's theme this month and Andrea's film uh, theme next month. And so you're working to someone else's theme and you have to push yourself. But I think from that um, can come good work. And um, when you request one image, um from from a photographer that's um you've got a that's a lot of thought and uh mm. <laughs> and, and consideration yeah we were a little bit um less strict with our cheap shots challenge uh <laughs> <laughs> challenges we said people could enter two two favorite images but you're, you're right Claire, you know like in in the in a similar way you know it's going oh this is a theme um and you've got a camera and you know that that has to kind of like see you through these different themes so um and we we had you know again some like angry tongue-in-cheek emails like I can't oh, I hate sports photography I can't do this you know especially on this kind of camera you know on a large format I've got one shot <laughs> how am I supposed to take a photo you know of a car going around a racetrack um but you know it again it is fun to see what kind of comes out of that no. frustration and that you know those limits that you're putting onto it as well no, definitely definitely no, I um, have to say I enjoy it a lot to make them suffer <laughs> <laughs> I have to say the one that Claire actually came on to judge was fashion wasn't it and I think that was one of the most divisive <laughs> so far what do you reckon Graham yeah absolutely um I mean a lot of people fell into the same category as me when it comes to fashion which is what's fashion um but then some people just did amazing stuff truly yeah. amazing stuff um and our artist statements that we got with them as well uh, do you make them write artist statements as well Andreas or is that kind of up to up to them well because we we try to just have a, a subject then mm -hmm. they have to guide themselves through that that's the one was uh, the shadow is a color is a uh, is an announce from Paul Susan about the, mm. the the starring of the shadow on the on each paint, and uh, of course uh, instant photography is basically on light because everything else is dark. Where where do you take a photography into into darkness where they should show something? It's a kind of complex situation, and so many photographers are just worried about light in, in photography. But what about what about the the the, the shadow? Mm. And then I told them, it's like you just go through there, do whatever 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 you want. After beyond that, do anything. And I think once you have a, a, a statement, that people just go around and play and try to guide them. Yeah. Um. Seeing as you know you have the Instant Photographers magazine and obviously we've got Claire on here as well, you feel like good people to talk to about the state of the medium. Um, at this point, I know you talked about the fact that people were using pack film and so on, but essentially for most people, pack film is now no longer a choice. So we've got Polaroid and we've got Instax um, and, and Polaroid has come a long way since the early days of Impossible <laughs> Film. Um, thank goodness. Um, but how do you... As, as two people who are creating work with this stuff, how do you feel about the state of the medium as it stands now? Um, are you happy with it? Uh, do you... Because, I mean, I hear people talking you know, about, well, they're seeing pictures fade still. Um, is Instax a good creative choice? Uh, you know, where are we with instant medium at the moment? I mean, 
yeah. <laughs> I mean, me personally, I've, I've never, I know Instax is popular. I've, I've never shot with Instax. I've always stuck with um, with Polaroid or Impossible Project and then Polaroid or, or expired Polaroid film in my early days. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I think it's in a good place. I always worry that, um, you know, uh, film might stop being produced again, which is why so many people have literally fridges. I know some people who've got six, um, <laughs> like, fridge, fridge, fridge freezers, um, like, literally full of film uh, just in case, you know, to store. But I, th- I think it's not in a bad place because I think, um, you know, it, it, there's been some really positive um developments um so for instance 810 you know i know it's expensive and i i need to learn how to use the processor but um polaroid are producing 810 films so there's people doing beautiful work with 810 um there's been advancements in in the cameras um i mean i i love um my i suppose my favorite camera is an sx70 i love it um, but then you've got um, you can get I can get self timers for my SX70. You can get um, cameras now where you can have more um, control uh, control over them, control the the shutter speeds. So th- there's there's been some um, positive positive developments and. From places like um, the festival that we've been talking about in Barcelona, you get to meet, like when I went to the instant, um, the talk on instant film, you meet people who are who are really pushing boundaries within the work. So um, I mentioned earlier, um, for instance, Stefan Stefan Mertz, who's a, who's who's the who's a creator, a creator, curator, and a creator. And I've no, you know, he he does some some beautiful work, and he's been doing a lot of work with gold leaf uh, um, and collage and some people do beautiful work with transparencies um rosalie who i mentioned um who who i literally met at the the festival in bar in barcelona in january she was doing incredible stuff um with chemicals and her and polaroids using using bleach and um food dye and all sorts and so, so I think that it, it, it is, it's a very fertile place at the moment, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, long, may, long, may, long may it continue. And, and I think, you know, if you only have to um, look at um, instant photographers online to see such the wide range of um, work and styles um, that are out there in, in the medium, um, so I think it's I think it's in a healthy place. I don't know if you would agree with that, um, Andres. Oh, I completely agree with you. I just um, you know every time I post uh, every time I post a new photographer, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I'm 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 giving a whole word to to our followers because I'm trying always to to have to have an eye open for these little differences. Yeah, we tend to do sometimes more or less the same techniques. We tend to fall into the same routinary techniques sometimes, even if it's experimental. It's supposed to be something out of um, out of the standard. But the way some people is working out there, it's different. It's uh, um, completely completely without following any rule. And I like to find in that little things. Those little things in, in each new photographer I post. Hmm. Sometimes I tend to go to the to the to the 
to the old photographers that they have been doing this for 40 years because you can learn a lot of about mm. their experience. Mm. But sometimes I find this, just to give an example, 20, 19 years old photographer that just got a new camera and they're just trying to play with double, triple exposure and uh, they do just an amazing thing. It's like, I'm giving the credit sometimes to technology. Technology is developing in different photography and even if it's instant, the technology is causing so many changes and develops on photography and I'm very happy it's happening. I'm not against um, technology and photography, but you can tell that there's less um, less um, less thoughts on what you decide to do with the camera. It's just the camera giving everything for you already. You can have the you can decide whether the picture is double, triple exposure, the impact of light, how much mm. uh, ISO you want to add and everything in an app. But uh, we play with that in the cameras. And those are the two things that I try to link. I try to link that into my, 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 my web page. I want the people to see that all options are valid. You can as either learn from the people that are 70 years old and been, doing sh and been shooting with Polaroid films since the 50s, or people that just got the new camera. Why? Because this is still something. They're trying to, to, sh to spread the message. And they're still trying to create new things every day. And I have to, I have to, to be honest. Right now, what I'm trying to see is people that display more with the, with with the with emulsion. I'm into emulsions lately. Mm. I'm trying to. I love the technique, and I love well the techniques because there's plenty of them. And I like to see because it's like painting. And it's making me feel closer to to painting. I feel like Renaissance pictures, like everyone is taking the the brushes yeah. and painting in water and creating this amazing environment through water and it's like a ballerina dancing in water and it's still just the emotion of a Polaroid picture there and I was like I, I, every time I see something like that and every time I see for example on Instagram a video of someone brushing the picture in, in water it's like these guys are just crazy but I love them so much because they're just <laughs> it's, uh, it, it makes me feel relaxed you know I could I could see yeah. I could watch a loop of people brushing their their emotion in water for hours, and it makes me so relaxed. <laughs> That's your lockdown sorted by the sound of it, Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you just can tell how much I enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And I can totally see why. Um, as we start to head towards the end, I want to loop back around again to um, the Photography Festival because we mentioned the fact, obviously, for reasons we all know very, very well, a lot of things have had to be postponed or um, sort of pushed forward that you had uh, planned for this year. Um, but you have got stuff planned for next year as well. So as far as the workshops that you had planned for this year, what's the situation with those at the moment? Okay. Uh, so far, I have to say that our festival in January 2021 is not postponed. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We just have the options that anything that is happening that time in January, we are going to celebrate it either in one way or the other. I cannot say much because this is what we are working right now. Mm -hmm. But we are going to do it. It's going to happen. No matter if it's virtual, a distant, presential, any, anyway, we're going to have it. The thing is with the festival so far, uh, the workshops we wanted to do, for example, in London and, well, the one in Argentina, we're still hoping it will happen. Uh, we, we feel like, okay, it's going to be postponed, but it's going to happen in some point. We are going to continue with the tours. We believe this 
current situation will change in some point. But we're bringing still the opportunity for the people to participate in the festival in January. We, for example, we're going to open the call for artists the 1st of June. That's a, that's a very essential day to remember, the 1st of June, because we're, that's the first day we're going to tell the people, this is the moment you can send your portfolios. Either you want to be a participant to present your work in an exhibition, if you want to throw a workshop or give a conference. And no matter the way it's going to be, it's going to happen. And we, you can for sure that the, the festival will have a very big second edition. We are double, we are creating a, um, we want to double the number of participants. That's for sure. We work already on that and it's going to be because we felt really bad that so many people had to stay out of the festival this last January. And we, we did, we did, um, we did a big thing to 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 talk with the to talk to the places where we were throwing, and we said, look, we need more space, and they said, okay, you can do it, and then we're gonna bring double people, and then we're gonna have double rooms with more double conferences, workshops, everything will be double double number. Then I think we'll give a lot of opportunity to not to miss big names. We want to have new names and then we're working on that because we are already working on mm. people that will join the festival. And I can tell you that there are huge names and we are very happy. I cannot say anything yet, <laughs> but um, we're going to begin <laughs> releasing uh, special guests from June once the open call will begin. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great festival. I mean, we're working very hard on it. We have Almost daily meetings with the director. We uh, the, the the whole group has weekly meetings, and there's a lot of things happening all the time. Then we you can count for sure that it's gonna it's gonna be here. Anyway, it sounds like it's gonna be pretty fabulous. I'm not gonna lie; yeah. it sounds Jump pretty packs. amazing. <laughs> um, as Rachel, well, you're, you're welcome to join us in general. Oh, believe me, yeah. that Yay! sounds like it'd be a pretty great thing to be doing. Um, so people should obviously be going to experimentalphotofestival.com to see all the information you got there. Um, are you guys on Twitter and Instagram as well? Uh, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. Okay, <laughs> and, and what are you? And what is it on um, Instagram? It's uh same experimental. Wait, I tell you in this one second. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a uh, um. <laughs> I don't know if I heard. Uh, it's experimental photo festival. That uh, yes, that just like that experimental photo festival. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And as you said, was it June the first? For well, the. June the first will, will be the call for artists. So we're gonna we're gonna announce it in our social media where we are already commenting on our social mm -hmm. media that the first of you need the date, mm -hmm. but uh, we are gonna give a bit of more promotion over for the in the next couple of weeks when the people is approaching to the. And how long will the um, call be open for? It's gonna be for. Uh, until September 1st. Okay, so there's a nice big window for, for people to be really yeah. slack and leave it till the last five minutes, which most people almost <laughs> well, certainly I'm, will. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this this summer will there will be a lot of people at home and then they will have enough time yeah. to create a yeah. portfolio. <laughs> and one, one photo each for that as well? <laughs> no, 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 not this time, not this time. No, oh, God, you get... the portfolio, no. <laughs> you're getting soft, you're getting soft. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old and I'm getting soft. That's is it really... going to be? Is it going to be in the same two venues in Barcelona 
Andres. Yes, it will be in the Pati Limona, which is oh, uh, one, of the, the, one of the big places for photographing from yeah. the Barcelona. They gave, they were very, they were very great to give, to give us this this place because it's like the the soul of photography in town, and it's public. It's a public state, mm-hmm. It's a public building, and the the University of Photography, the, Insti- the Institute of Studies Photographics de Catalunya. As well, we're gonna have exhibitions. We're gonna have six exhibitions. Four will happen in all in both these uh, places, and two other in private galleries as well. Super, yeah, beautiful, beautiful buildings they were. Mm. Yeah, Claire, I mean, do you have so any I, um, like behind the scenes photos from from January this year when you were there on your Instagram or anything like that? Well, um, yeah. I don't think I've got any on my, um, I think I put them in my stories at the time, but I don't think they're on my main feed. Um, But yeah, maybe I'll have to share some. Mm. Yeah, it was was a great, it really was a great weekend. Lovely. Andres, how about yourselves? I have, uh, well, in our Instagram, there's there's, um, the photos completely, the photos, but I would suggest that the people can can have a look on our webpage because Mm -hmm. the selection of photographies and the videos of the conference are already there. And you will love it because you can see already the conferences there. It's not a secret what happened there. There's not like we were not creating big theories about photography. We were just people talking about what they know and what they feel. And I would love that we will have the opportunity to show the workshops but that, that's the tricky thing about the festival. Workshops are complex. We had workshops of sometimes eight hours and people were just developing, creating, printing. And it was just crazy. You could feel the atmosphere was amazing in the, in the corridors of the university because everyone was like talking about photography. The chemicals were smelly everywhere. And then you <laughs> feel like you were back at the, at the school where you learned the first time. Absolutely. Um, Anybody who's ever been in a dark room knows that time is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in the oh yes, when we had to close at night because we had a party on Saturday and it's like, no, let's go to the party. It's like, no, no, I want to continue in the dark room. It's like, what do you prefer, dark room or the party? Where do you want to go? <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. Um, you obviously, this is going to be a seamless transition here. You're going to love this. You've obviously worked very hard to promote the work of others uh, and get it out there and, and get people so that they can be supported and support the work. Speaking of um, supporting people's work that they want to do, Rach! <laughs> seamless. Yes. Um, I know we talked about this yesterday on Backing Paper. Oh, yeah. But yes. not everybody listens to Backing Paper, so... <laughs> Please, can you fill our listeners in on your new Patreon account? That's right. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much for for reminding me, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what I'm here I, for. Uh, yay. Um, I actually launched my Patreon, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com um, forward slash little vintage photography on Thursday, just 10 minutes before I went live on the oh. Analog TV um, uh, YouTube channel with Paul from Analog Wonderland and uh, Marina from If We Film. Uh, so I was like, right, I'm going to press the big button and just set it set it live. And uh, Claire, you've also been very kind and uh, had a little look at it for me. Um, it's uh, it's now it's now live. I have yeah. some sort of subscribers and members, which is wonderful. I'm really oh, excited um to uh, to build this over the coming weeks and months and things um i'd always wanted to create some kind of online space to be able to encourage um learning about analog photography hopefully opening up the whole kind of this whole world to other people uh, and generally you know talking about uh, a subject that we're all passionate about as well so 
I've got various different tiers. Even if you're not into photography, you can still chuck us a couple of quid if you fancy supporting an independent <laughs> artist. Um, all the way up to um, I will, you know, um, spend more individual one-to-one time with you if you'd like um, on other tiers and things as well. Um, but yeah, I've uh, I've got a a um, special offer on at the moment for the next few days, which is that I will create a handmade cyanotype print and send that out to you as well. Um, so if you sign up sooner rather than later, then uh, then that will be winging its way through the post to you. But just in general, thank you so much for everybody who has already shown their support. And I'm really excited to see where we go with this. So um, there'll be behind the scenes stuff. There'll be kind of like finding out a bit more about how I run a creative um, business and, uh, and generally hopefully giving you guys a chance to also learn along with new techniques and processes and things as well so uh, that's that's me if you want to go to patreon.com little vintage photography that's me that's where i'm at that's awesome everybody should go and have a look and support race in doing what she's thanks doing thanks so much yay <laughs> um, well uh, ladies and gentlemen i think that brings us to the end of this week's show um andre thank you so much it's been an absolute delight having you on um i hope we can have you back again in the future maybe as we hurtle towards next january and everything's getting ready mm. we can have you back on again to tell us how it's all going <laughs> thank you so much uh, well i want to invite everyone to join us in january and i want you guys as well to join us uh Claire will be here. We will be here in town in Barcelona, and and she can tell you how it is and how it will be. And you are more than well, more than welcome to join us. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited that we are going to have the second edition. And thank you so much for the support and for inviting me, of course. Oh, can't wait! And yeah, Claire's been saying, right, need to get our proposal sorted. Got to get all our ideas together and get them sent <laughs> over. So uh, yeah, don't you worry, it's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will leave you good people in peace. Um, you can get in touch with us, as always, at sunny16podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us in where, where all good um, stuff's found, like Twitter, for example. <laughs> Twitter uh, and uh, Instagram, where Matthew Joseph looks after everything there. I say looks after. I really don't know. I don't keep enough of an eye on him, but let's assume he's looking after things there. Um, apologies if he's not. Um, and, of course, our website at sunny16podcast.com, where hopefully most of the episodes are up to date there. Again, listen, <laughs> nobody's perfect. Um, we We're experimental. Will it's, it's, an it's an experimental <laughs> approach to how to run your social media. Um, so far, we're experimenting with mostly badly. But, you know, we've well, got to try <laughs> these things. You don't know. Maybe that's the way forward. We've got to give this a go. Uh, we will play you, as always, with um, Rachel's fabulous band, Rocha, from the album Promises I Should Have Kept. Could have kept? Would have kept. Should've. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> should should I've got it first time. I should have stopped then um, you which you can find wherever fine music is found um, uh, as always Spotify and um, other places <laughs> check them all we're out we're doing this really this is really smooth Graham I have Thanks. to say excellent, excellent way of rounding up the show I think, I, I think I'm really nailing it I think I'm really getting it <laughs> yeah. down off that um, we will be back on next week with backing paper until then listeners thank you very much for joining us and goodbye Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.